Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. All right, John, our first week one recap, talking about the old football fantasy. And we're going to start with our fabulous segment, Keepers, Sleepers, and Creepers. But first, did you have a wonderful day? I did. It was a good day today. I am uh, glad the fantasy season has begun. I believe that this is the best time of year, and I'm glad that we all get to see this sort of football being played. I may or may not have had a rough week one, but we're going to see if uh, I can recover a little bit better here in the future. I think the key is don't overreact. There's so much time that everyone spends doing all of this research, and these season-long rankings after one game are more valuable, I believe, than a lot of the situations that will be happening just based on week one stats. So I, I think it's good to make sure that that is the perspective that you're keeping going forward. I do agree. I do agree indeed. So thanks for tuning in. We're going to break down what's coming up this next week, talk a little bit about last week, and give you some foresight with our premonitions and our intuitions. Yeah, yes. a little bit of both mixed right in there. A little bit of both here and there. So, QBs we're starting to look at this week. Um, keeper for me, Ben Roethlisberger. How about that? After that showing. Yes, I saw the stunned look on your face. <laughs> I'm a little... Again, I get, you guys can't see it. It's just audio here. Um, My mouth is wide open. It, it did. It dropped a little <laughs> bit. When I said Ben Roethlisberger, I couldn't, you know, stunned him. Whew. Redemption game here. Ben Roethlisberger at home. He's not on the road where he just has brain farts galore. He is dealing with that minor elbow injury. I know that at practice, but I think that's just another reason to limit him like they usually do early in the weeks. Um, redemption game. They do not like the fact that they tied with Cleveland. And it's against Kansas City, who was ninth easiest to pass against last year. This year looks worse. They look like a hot mess back there in their secondary. Um I think Ben Roethlisberger rebounds. They're at home in Pittsburgh. He's going to put up some points. I, I just still can't get over it. The keeper, not even a sleeper? Well, when I look at keeper, especially for, like, quarterbacks, to me it's somebody in the top 16. That's probably I, true. And I just say keep him there because I think he's going top 10, honestly, in quarterbacks right now. So, yeah. to me, he's got to be a keeper. I guess that's true. This early in the season. If he has more bad games like that, then, yeah, he becomes a sleeper. But right now, he's still a keeper, so keep him in there. Feel confident playing him is what I'm saying. I got you. I got you. Well, my keeper is, I think, a little more safe. So I'm going to go with Drew Brees. I believe after that week one, and we got to see Drew Brees shred Tampa Bay, but also be shredded by Tampa Bay, which is a thing I never thought I would say after week one, but I don't know if a lot of people would have. So... Drew Brees, I think this week is a lock. I mean, he threw for 439 yards and three touchdowns last week. Glorious. I'm not exactly expecting that sort of production. Clearly, Cleveland's pass defense played well enough last week um, against Roethlisberger. I mean, there was a lot of interceptions, but I think the weather conditions played a role in that game a lot. So I, I would make sure to keep it in mind a little bit why Roethlisberger's interception totals were that high. It was probably because of the winds, the rain, the bad field conditions. So I, I get you on that one, but also I think Drew Brees should do just fine against Cleveland. I wouldn't be looking too much at the defensive matchup ratings or anything after week one for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I thought the same. 
I looked at what Cleveland did last year, and look, you can even see my cheat sheet here. I had Drew Brees written <laughs> X yeah, amount. You did. I think Cleveland is legit. I think their defense looks pretty gnarly. Um, much improved. And Denzel Ward has proved me wrong when I talked about, and I think even mentioned in one of the early podcasts, he looks like a good cornerback. And I'm surprised because I thought he was made, made to look good because of the defensive line at Ohio State. Uh, wrong. Um, <laughs> wrong. He, he looked like a pretty good corner out there. He made some I, th- plays. I think they have a good defense, and I don't think this game is close to being a shootout in New Orleans. So that's the only reason I knocked down Drew Brees, but I do think he's a good play. I just think yeah. it's not going to be – it's going to be a regression from that huge battle between the two elites, uh, Drew Brees and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I will say elites. Just keep <laughs> maybe one elite and one uh, interesting and one of the best weeks of football ever. For fantasy. ever Truly, <laughs> but I think Drew Brees will also have a ton of pass attempts. I just wanted to mention that as well. With no Mark Ingram and with all those points scored for New Orleans, Kamara had twenty nine yards rushing. Twenty nine yards. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So I don't see them quadrupling that in, right. with a bunch of volume. Kamara was most successful through the passing game and with receiving as well. So I think their running game is their short passing game. Do you believe Kamara having 28 or 29 rushing yards um, and having all that fantasy points? Like, if you were to give me a, you know, come back from the future and say, hey, (laughs) Kamara this week has 28 rushing yards and no rushing touchdowns. I'm like, do I I play? (laughs) Like, he may have 40 yards of receiving and then a touchdown. But do I play him? It's like I guess that's an okay game, forty yards and a touchdown. If yeah. someone says he had a good game and that's where they leave it from the future, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking forty yards and touchdown. Yeah. And then you're like, I'll play him. Okay. Turns out he just won your fantasy week. Yeah, he was insane. Good play. And he had twenty nine, <laughs> twenty eight rushing yards for a running back. That's <laughs> the craziest game I've ever seen was that game. But good kudos to everybody. I had him. I had him in zero leagues. Did you have him anywhere? I wanted him so much. I had awkward draft positions, and so it never felt right. Yeah. I, I should have drafted him, though. I, I stared at it a really long time. Last three seconds on the clock, I had it between him and then Le'Veon Bell, and I went Le'Veon Bell. Maybe a bit of regret going yeah. after that. But <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> but you didn't realize how... I thought one game for Le'Veon is what was going to happen. You'd yeah. be signing the contract soon. When he was saying, there's no way I'm I've saying- lost... You know me. I've lost respect for him. The holdouts, they drive me nuts, especially one like that. Uh, it's brutal when you get, allegedly, he received a contract offer for $70 million in the offseason for a five-year deal. And he's a guy that's asking for a long-term deal. I also understand that the way contracts are structured, $70 million might not necessarily mean $70 million for him mm-hmm. with the way these being run by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Pittsburgh is just grossly abusing his career by running him such huge volume yeah. for like the last three years and then refusing to give him anything but a franchise tag. So I get his frustration, but my dude, you're turning down $12.5 million guaranteed for this year, 100% on the franchise tag. Like 900000 a game. And... Yes, and even if you sign that deal for seventy million, I mean you're getting a lot of that money. It's right. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I understand holding out for a guaranteed contract with the way guaranteed contracts are flying off the shelves, and he is a good running back. I'm torn. Yeah. I, I think it, it's frustrating that he puts his team out for not signing deals and then holding out and just saying I'm going to wait till you pay me. But it, it's hard. Ugh. Well, it feels bad for everyone on Pittsburgh's team and all the Pittsburgh fans out there, but. 
what you're going to do. What a great quarterback talk we've had so far. Kamara <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell. Dominated probably more of the actual talk. I'll get, let me get us back on track here. My sleeper is an easy one to me. Like I said, so the back 16 of draft picks, Alex Smith. I've always loved Alex Smith. I thought he was done dirty when Kaepernick started in the Super Bowl. And I don't even want to talk about anything other than that. Um, that season, I was I, I thought Alex Smith should have been in that Super Bowl game. I did too. And I think if he, he plays that Super well. Bowl game and he plays the efficient game Alex Smith does, I think they beat the Ravens. And, I could easily see it. The Ravens were not all that. And maybe you see a different hardball coaching in the NFL. But anyways, he had a QBR of 118 in the first week. And all he did was manage that game. Man, he was so efficient, though. Yeah. Sixth best QBR in the first week. Um, and now he's going up against – and he handed the ball off like 30-plus times. <laughs> and he still turned in a good game. Yeah. Um, and now he's going up against Indianapolis, who gave up 243 to Andy Dalton last week. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that this week, mm-hmm. a lot more of this, the yards. Um, I, I like Alex Smith. If you got him, feel free to plug him in play. I agree. I do love me some Alex Smith. I think he's a pretty underrated quarterback so far this season with that Washington offense relying very heavily on him. But for my sleepers, I have two. I couldn't choose. It's so hard. They're both not even like deep sleepers or anything, but Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers. I love both of them so much this week. In my opinion, I think both of them end up being in the top five. I think with a lot of the hard matchups that a lot of these quarterbacks have, um, namely like Tom Brady and then Aaron Rodgers with the injuries and everything where it's, I don't know how he'll play a week after the adrenaline wears off of how well he played last week. Man, that was a crazy game too. Mm-hmm. But Kirk Cousins, 244 yards last week, two touchdowns, and they blew him out for San Francisco. Yeah. They were up huge. And he got every receiver involved basically mm-hmm. in that whole offense. I only see more of that com- going forward. I love Kirk Cousins this week against Green Bay where if Rodgers plays, which I think he will, I think he'll play. How good he'll be or how healthy he'll be, I don't know. But I think he'll play. I, I could see him having a really nice game. And Phillip Rivers absolutely lit it up last week. 424 yards, three touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. And know who he's playing against? The dumpster fire itself, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I, I, the only risk is that they get up too much too quickly. That's, my, that's why I fear that play, is that they don't, they don't run the score up on him. But I think he is the highest floor quarterback in the whole whole thing besides Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is my number one, and Philip Rivers is my number two this week. So I would say roll him out with confidence. His cap may be tapped off based on the fact that Buffalo is maybe one of the worst rosters I've seen thrown onto a football field this early on in the season with this much discord. Yeah. But Rivers, I think he's money. All right, who we're creeping on? Who's creeping us out? I'm getting creeped on by Russell Wilson this week. Um mm. Just not looking like good talent out there catching the ball for poor Russell Wilson. And as much as I love Russell Wilson as an athlete, I think he's a you know a good guy to be a fan of. You're going to Soldier, playing against Chicago, who has one of the best defensive lines now in all of football. And it's just not Mac. And it's Akeem Hicks looks he was, better than ever. He was a man. <laughs> you don't have Doug Baldwin. Um, you have a horrible offensive line. Mm-hmm terrifying defensive line and you're going to find yourself in a bad day in Chicago so uh, I just am not feeling good about that play Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life but it's not going to be downfield it's going to be back and forth and it's not looking good yeah I think he's going to have a hard time as well I I was worried about that earlier on in the season with Doug Baldwin going down with that injury 
Oh, that, that that was my last hope for him, so it's kind of, I think it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. My creeper is Aaron Rodgers this week. He's rated very highly on a lot of formats. I love me some Aaron Rodgers. I think he's amazing. And he's not even certain he'll play. He's Yeah, and that's even if he plays. Maybe it'll be completely irrelevant. But I would definitely go out in the waiver wire and try to pick up any, some one of these sleepers if you can. I know Kirk Cousins and Rivers are going to be super hard to get a hold of. Probably aren't out there in your leagues. But maybe Alex Smith is floating out there. I know he was floating out in my league for a while. I think he's a very solid play. I would just do your best to find a, a different option. Even Fitzpatrick or something again this week and try to ride the wave. Maybe he has one more week in him. Not overconfident, but I think better than maybe even Rodgers as a bet this week. So mm-hmm. have some backup plans. And even if he plays, he's going up against Minnesota's defense, which is amazing. So I would just be a little hesitant with Aaron Rodgers this week. Cool. Cool. What else do you want to talk about in the quarterback realm? I was inter- I mean, I guess the thing on my heart and on my mind is, my oh man, Deshaun Watson. He wasn't the automatic. Oh, let's man. talk about that. I forgot about how RG three played up in uh, the New England game. Yeah, I, I expected this guy. I was given RG three. Maybe not RG three. <laughs> yet it's hard to say, but I, I think he just had a lot of rust. I mean, he didn't play terrible in that game, and he played better as the game went on. And the game was kind of close. I mean, twenty-seven to twenty. Like, I mean, I'm telling you though, I'm t- history repeats itself. I'm going to tell you, a speedy quarterback, dual threat quarterback, inaccurate, has a huge first season. Everybody's high on second season. Towards ACL. Uh oh, a lot of history. But he already tore the ACL, <laughs> so we got that out of the way. Oh. So now he's recovering. <laughs> I think, I think I still like Deshaun Watson a lot. I, I will stick by him. I am not off the the boat yet. I'm still riding it. Probably off a waterfall. Like it's probably gonna take to week six if he plays every game worse than that before I'm really gonna jump off. But I really believe he has so much upside. Don't give up yet. I, I, I believe in him. More, more honestly, believe in DeAndre Hopkins. I think that man is an animal. I'm, I'm just gonna be loving it all year long, mm-hmm. as long as he struggles. <laughs> you're gonna be here in the RG three, baby. I, I believe he won't be it. This is a bad dream. <laughs> oh boy, let's move on. Wide receivers, start us off. What you got going on over there in your paper? Wide receivers. I, I, I struggled on this one. It was hard to really find a lot of. Super interesting common ground to talk about here, but I guess my keeper, I'll start with that, Antonio Brown. I think, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I know everyone was really loving some John Connor last week, and uh, he played unbelievable, can't argue it at all. But I think the weather really dictated a lot of the way that game was going to be handled, with the way that Roethlisberger was turning the ball over, which I think you agree was on an unsustainable pace. Mm-hmm. That's not average Roethlisberger, that's floor Roethlisberger there like he was below his own floor probably but I think this week the weather probably won't be that bad Antonio Brown had a a nice game at nine catches for 93 yards and Kansas City like you said terrible pass defense I would say you feel very confident rolling Antonio Brown out as the best receiver this week you have indirectly confirmed my big Ben keeper play I, You've indirectly done it. You've I, told me that the weather made it fluky. You've told me Antonio Brown's your wide receiver. And now I get to agree with you that Antonio Brown is also my keeper. They're back at home. He had 16 targets game one. The Chiefs just gave up 108 and a score to Allen last week. 
And I talked about how bad Kansas City was against the pass in general, but even more so against uh, wide receivers with the third easiest uh, pass D against wide receivers last season. It's worse this season. <laughs> Antonio Brown dices and slices through this Kansas City team as long as him and Roethlisberger are healthy, and I don't think there's anything of big concern. I agree. So thanks for saying that you like Big Ben too, and you didn't even realize it. But I do also have a sneaky keeper. What you got? I know you're going to hate it. But I think that makes me love it more. Jarvis Landry. 15 <laughs> targets last week in the bad weather. In the bad weather, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right. Seven catches, 106 yards. He played very, very well. And I think it's only going to be upside for a couple more weeks. I, I'm probably going to be a little more hesitant once Josh Gordon gets back into game shape and they build up the chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. But I think for a few more weeks, ride him while he's great. I think he's just so reliable, high floor. I'm loving me some Jarvis Landry. I can't argue with this week one. And I can't argue with you because I'm going to go ahead and jump to my sleeper. And you could not get a worse sleeper call. And sorry if anybody actually listened to me, but <laughs> Chris Hogan freaking oh. tanked it hard oh. for me week one. And I did not see that coming at all. So I own up to that. Five measly targets for a one measly catch for 11 yards. What is that? Like Chris Hogan. Uh, that was sad. But I'm going to try to get back on track. Because like I said last time, Houston was a horrible pasty last year. Number one worst. Easiest to go up against. Last week, and, and right now Mariota's looking healthy. They say he's going to be easy full go. Um, Corey Davis had 13 targets last week. This week, no Delaney Walker. Gone. I think Corey Davis, you see, turned those targets into some gold this week. Uh, I like Corey Davis because he's still in the back half kind of considered. Some people will probably say, do I play him this week? I think put him in there and feel good about it. That's a pretty good call. I think for my sleepers this week, I have a couple of bonus ones. Again, I I had a lot of people I wanted to mention, but I couldn't really come to a real distinct conclusion on what I wanted to do. So... This week, I'm loving some Corey Davis, if he can play. Okay. For Tennessee. So you're saying it too. Yeah, it's six catches, 62 yards last week. He looked like the clear number one. I thought there was a chance that Rashard Matthew would be involved, and it turns out he really didn't look that great. So I'm optimistic. I think he's a little lower in the rankings than what I would think. And also, I think a much higher upside play and more of a ride-in-the-wave sort of guy Emmanuel Sanders. Man, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders had quite a day. Who did, who did I say about Denver back in our preseason oh, ones? Oh, you sure as heck did. I called it. You you were uh, definitely low on Demarius and high on Emmanuel. And, and Demarius had a good game. Yeah, oh, and they but, were very similar in targets. I think 10 versus 11, if I could recall. And, I mean, he played well. He caught a touchdown 60 yards, but mm-hmm. Emmanuel 135 and a touchdown. I told you. Like, I told ooh. you wait a few rounds and get the better receiver in Denver. And it's one game. We yeah. can't say we're right. We can't say we're wrong yet based on our season-long stuff. But True. But uh, if you're looking at efficiency of yep. 11 targets, 10 catches, there's clearly some I chemistry know. There. A healthy Sanders and with Case Keenum, I love it all year. <laughs> Let's go ahead and I'll just dish this out here. Can we go three for three? Somehow we did not talk beforehand, of course. I just got off my, my shift at work, and we got Antonio Brown, Corey Davis fired up. However, I don't have the creepy, crawly Devontae Adams this week. Were we three for three? 
We are not. We're okay, not. Free. This, okay. this okay. is separate. Okay, this is separate. Again, I don't think Rodgers plays personally. Um, I haven't really mentioned that yet. I just don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, 25th fewest wide receiver points they're going up against uh, defensive-wise uh, coming up. And shoulder injury already for Devontae Adams that he's trying to get out of um, and recover from. So not this week for me. Devontae Adams being a wide receiver one across the board. Uh, I'm kind of creeping away from him, especially if Rodgers doesn't play. I may not play Devontae Adams. Kaiser does not look the part. Oh my goodness, that might be the understatement of the day. <laughs> For me, I also have two creepers, but it's linked to the same situation. I think uh, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans, both for Tampa Bay. I, I am blown away with how well both of them played. My expectations were one-third of what they were going to play at both of them, and they both not dominated. Mostly, that's just me also saying... Evans and Jackson, there's no way that Ryan Fitzpatrick can sustain both of them at such a high level consistently throughout the year. So I would just reel back in the the expectations a bit. Um, as long as you keep it that in in your the top front of your minds, I think both of them are playable receivers this week. Who do they got this week? They have Philadelphia. So it is not a cake matchup. No. But I, I would say with the shootout last game really inflating their numbers, I think it's much more easily to see, especially Deshaun, fall off very hard. But are you saying sit Mike Evans? I am saying Mike Evans should be your wide out three this week. Okay. I think with Fitzpatrick, I think he's just a more limited receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he over he proved me wrong last week, but I would just say I don't think he's the wide out one that some people might think he is week this week coming after off such a huge game. I think it's more likely he puts up lower end wide out two numbers. I so. don't see a touchdown this week, but I still see some high yards. They're going to be chucking the ball in garbage time. I think you see him get the ball in garbage time. Uh, Could it's be. not going to be anywhere near that. That's. It's going to be a much lower scoring game, and I think Eagles take it. And yeah, I, I I do too. I still see him getting some yards and being relevant. Wide receiver two, maybe to me, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I see what you're saying. And I have a couple of honorable mentions as well. Like I, I just wanted to bring them up because I think they're worth a look. They're definitely not people that I would feel confident necessarily to play right now, but just to keep an eye on, or if you have space on your roster, put in one of those waiver claims for them especially if you have some of these injuries that are happening with some of the lower-tier players, like Blunt or something, if you're worried about him not playing or anything along those lines. Or if you have Greg Olson who just got hurt and you're just looking to fill another roster spot. Philip Dorsett looked like the number one actual wide receiver last week. Mm-hmm. I still like Hogan more, mm-hmm. but it's hard to argue with 7-for-7 seven seven on targets to catches mm-hmm. last or last game and a touchdown. I think he's at worth at least worth a look. I know that New England is looking to pick up other receivers allegedly in the news recently, so apparently they're not loving him a lot. But maybe it's just depth. But I'm interested in him. And then Kenny Galladay, he looked way more involved in that Detroit passing game than I expected. I kind of expected the two man show with the uh, Tate and Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. So I would just make sure to keep an eye on both of them. I might want to see a little more from both of them to really feel like they are a must add in fantasy, but. I was encouraged by the way they played. Right on. Right on. Let's move to the bread and butter of fantasy football. The running backs. We got week one on the books. We got what we saw. What do you like? Go. <sighs> I, the person I love as my keeper this week, Melvin Gordon. My goodness. I, did you know 
He had over 100 yards receiving last week. I didn't know. Yeah. I was looking I at his breakdown for stats, and I was just blown away. 13 targets in the passing game. I know Rivers was airing it out almost the whole game, but. It's what I, we talked about ooh. when we talked about the Chargers. It, it, it's, he's going to be great this year. Volume. I knew he was getting volume. I didn't know it would be so much in the passing game. So PPR you players rejoice. He's getting even more value if he's going to be involved that much in the passing game. Yep. The passing game to be so much of their offense. Like I said, he, he looks better than David Johnson. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what I claimed early on in the preseason. And I know week one we can't say we're right or wrong, but I'm sticking by it. And I think it looks promising because you're going to see that all season long. Yeah. And I think we're going to see the same thing with surrounding David Johnson with that talent level. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't dislike David Johnson at all. I'm just saying that Melvin Gordon was disliked heavily on a good offense. Yeah. In it, my opinion. It's surprising. And I think they are closer than what most people give him credit for. But this week, going up against, uh, with all that volume against Buffalo. Yeah. This is the person to your counter argument. So I love him, and I think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in that Buffalo game. You're going to love him because they're going to blow him out. So you're going to have to give the ball to somebody. And it's probably not going to be Eckler because he's the pass-catching back. So they're probably going to grind it out with Gordon. And they'll rotate Eckler in more when they're dominating, obviously. Eckler's not going to repeat his performance. No, no, I, I don't think there's any way no. that will happen. I'm not even going to mention them on my list. We're going to do a new feature tonight. Uh, kudos, Donnie, for all your feedback again. Uh, studs and duds coming up after this. Um, I'm not even going to mention them. Eckler, he's a handcuff. There's a ton mm-hmm. of handcuffs that if they get volume later on. Um, but Gordon's healthy, and Eckler's not stealing stuff from Gordon. Agreed. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. No, I'm all well, done. You're all good. You're all done? You're all done? With my keepers. Yeah. My keeper this week? Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't think Dallas is a good team. And this is one of the few weeks that I'm really high on Zeke being the top back he is, feeling confident about what he's going to give you. Um, the reason being is equal-looking teams to me. I'm not really liking the Giants. I'm not liking the Cowboys. Um what is really encouraging to me is that the Giants had the worst pass D actually last year. So given Dak an easy route with his new receiving core, so their offense is going to be able to convert, I think, on more of these third downs, uh, keeping the ball moving. Also 10th worst rush, rush D, too. Um, so not very good uh, rush D out there in New York, and I don't think they've improved that too well. And in week one, Zeke had a big yard that big uh, big run that kind of saved his day, but only 18 t- rushes, and we're not going to see that from Zeke in this game. We're going to see him get the ball fed to him more. Dallas wants to win. Um, I think they just take it to it, and I think Zeke shows everybody that hey, this new stunning Saquon, he, my creeper this week, grosses me out. I think he was my <laughs> creeper last week, Saquon Barkley. Oh man, creeping. easy, easy call to me. He did have a beautiful 68-yard touchdown run. Gorgeous. My goodness. Single one-man wrecking crew sort of play. Good for him. And that's why I like him in years to come. Outside of that, he had had that one run for 68 yards. The other 17 carries he had, 38 yards. 17 carries, 38 yards if he didn't break out for that rushing touchdown. Garbo day. That's the way it looked. Garbage. He Not even successful on most of his runs. Um, about had a safety against him, I can't stand it. The one I still am sticking by my creeper of last week that that's horrible. Seventeen carries for thirty eight yards and one saving grace touchdown, huge touchdown, looks beautiful. Nothing against Sa- Saquon Barkley, huge talent, huge future. He's only twenty one, but at Dallas, 
Eighth best rush D last year. Going to be a close game. Ezekiel Elliott's going to show them that, hey, I'm the premier running back in this game. Um, and their pass, their run rush defense looked fine against Dallas. I mean, uh, creeper, Saquon, same game, Zeke Elliott, keeper. All right. Uh, I mean, I can see it. That was a really tough matchup, though. Personally, I'm a little higher on Saquon, but you, you got a point. Their offensive line's not getting any better, yep. and it's the biggest problem with their whole team. But for me, uh, my creeper, I'll, I'll follow suit, is actually going to be probably uh, an unpopular one with Connor from Pittsburgh. I uh, think the weather greatly influenced the way his game went, and I don't think 31 carries is the way this game's going to go, especially against Kansas City where they aired it out big time last week. Mm -hmm. So I could really foresee a big shootout. I think his volume goes down. His efficiency will probably remain similar, but if he's getting half those carries, his game looks a lot less amazing. Still very much a played running back this week. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I have him as a running back, too. A very good, reliable running back, too. And that's probably going to mean most of you are going are gonna to roll with him again. But I just want to say, don't overreact. I mm -hmm. think, Connor, that's about his ceiling. And I, I think you won't see that every week by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but the more, more interesting, probably, one is Royce Freeman is my other creeper. Uh, I'm doubling up a lot on a lot of this stuff. I'm trying to give a ton of feedback, but it's more or less because I just feel like it's worth noting. Um, Royce Freeman really had 15 carries and 71 yards. If you're wondering why that sounds so familiar, that's because their backup running back had 15 carries for 71 yards, but he had 31 yards receiving as well, and that's Philip Lindsay. And I don't know where he came from, but I'm a little concerned whenever the premier running back that I was expecting to get 60 to 70% of the carries with Booker taking the last 20% loses half of them to Lindsey. So I'm just a little bit scared of Freeman's cap. Uh, his usage was clearly good and his efficiency was fine. And if he would have had a touchdown, I probably wouldn't even have him on this list, to be honest. His, his game would have been fine. But with his usage being very similar to the backup, I just am a little bit down on him this week. And I think if he can run better this week or just get that touchdown or break one long run, I think we're not as worried about Lindsey. But it's just a guy, a guy that I would uh, be a little more skeptical of playing than I was last week. I can't argue. Um, I can say that I'm not worried. About, if, you're, if you're worried about Saqu um, Royce Freeman, 15 carries for 71 yards, you better sure as heck be worried about Saquon Barkley with 17 carries and 38 yards. <laughs> <That's true>. Okay. <laughs> when you put it that way. Okay. <laughs> um, I get the touchdown run again, but he's a creeper because he is a running back one drafted unanimously. Yeah. Don't understand it. Anyways, my sleeper for the season, if you got Le'Veon Bell, I honestly think maybe you think about doing this trade, and that's, hey, you give me blank – I give you Le'Veon Bell, and that's my sleeper right now, potentially all season long, J.J. Oh, man. Okay. I love me some J.J. I love it. And he's redeeming what he did last year. I didn't take him in one league this year because it sucked so bad last year, and I hated it because I was like, what just happened? <laughs> but J.J., watching that Philadelphia game, was the only good running back on the team. Darren Sproles got his catches and ran with him. That's fine. He's short. He, that's what he does. Corey Clement. Um, don't get it. He's not going to keep getting all these touches that J.H.I. Of course, J.H.I. was hurt coming into it, um, and, and they wanted to ease him into it. I get that. And, but Clement looks like hot 
garbage to me. Not hard garbage. I hate saying rough things like that, but he looked like an RB3, just a guy you got on your bench. He had one big run, and it was because freaking Moses parted the sea on him, and <laughs> you couldn't miss that hole. And then he had one job. He was running full speed. He had one defensive back that was kind of straffling over, and he couldn't get by him. He got tackled in open field with like a cornerback barely moving. And it's like, how can you not run left, right? You ran right at him, dude. What are you doing? That was the, If he would have gotten by that guy, maybe i say, well, he did what he could with what he had, and he looked pretty good in that open field. Didn't do anything except what the line gave him. Jay Ajayi, on the other hand, every touch he had felt electric. Finished. Oh, my oh gosh. My he was gosh. running hard. Killing it. And he looked healthy as all get out. <laughs> I was worried about the bone-on-bone contact reportedly in his knee, and I thought he was going to be a little tentative. Heck no. The <laughs> most elite offensive line, Jay Ajayi looks great. Oh, man. Ninth, and let's talk about this week's sleeper. Tampa Bay, ninth worst rushing defense last year. J.H.I., even Peterson came out and said, yeah, we're going to be moving the ball with J.H.I. now because he looked great. Uh, it's not going to be a repeat New Orleans game. This game is not going to be high scoring. Uh, Tampa Bay will be shut down, and J.H.I. will run it down their throat. My sleeper. I love it. That's a beautiful sleeper. I'm glad you mentioned it because I wasn't going to. What do you think but about it, that trade? Jai for Le'Veon Bell? At this point, I can't say it's a bad idea. I mean, with the stock trending so far down for Le'Veon and then Connor playing so well, what's Pittsburgh's rush? Do you remember Jai two years ago? This is a better team. Throwing in 200-yard rushing games with Miami. Mm -hmm. If we get half of that back consistently with Philly. In a standard league, it's not a bad idea. I'm scared right now if I'm a Le'Veon Bell owner. It's, I, it's a little rough. I, I would probably wait a minute more, but I shouldn't. Like, to me, if you can make that decision right now and you don't think Le'Veon Bell is coming back, which, I mean, it's hard to really know mm-hmm. what Pittsburgh's going to do and, and what Le'Veon's going to ask for. I don't know. Will he, who will cave first? But if it goes to week six, which, I mean, I'm not saying it won't. I, I can't really see a reality where it goes past 11, but your whole season's over. And if yeah. you hold on to him for that long, if you can get a quality running back in return... It might be a good idea if you can get a buyer on Le'Veon. Yeah. I agree. I would probably take that trade. I would be trying to dish that trade for Le'Veon if I can. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom. I'm doubling up again for my sleepers, so Do I'm it. talking a lot. but Do it. Carlos Hyde against New Orleans. That defense looks so bad. He got 22 carries last year, last week, which is also influenced, I know, by the weather. We, we kind of, I keep going, coming back to that, but mm-hmm. I think he's pro- he looked like the go-to guy in that offense. And I was worried about Chubb getting some carries there and Duke Johnson being involved heavily in the passing game. None of that really scared me away from the Hyde with the amount of touches he got. So I think Hyde is in for a bigger day. I know his efficiency wasn't great, but he got a touchdown, got the goal line carries, and I think New Orleans is a much better matchup. I think this week, Carlos Hyde is a very good play. Maybe even running back two area. So I'm, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. But my real love, Chris Thompson. My goodness. I, lo- I liked him a lot in the offseason because he was the only person in Washington with a defined role. And they're using him even more than I imagined they would. Coming off of a broken leg, this is his first game back after a broken leg. My goodness. Six catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown, along with five carries for 65 yards in a, just in general. I he was averaging 10 yards a carry. I'm, I, you know I'm not as high as you are on him, but literally I cannot make an argument right now until uh, I'm proven right because he's looking electric every time he's on the field. And against Indy, that's a matchup. Yes, I agree. And so this week I'm in love with him. I think he could be 
a real strong running back two in a lot of formats this week. Maybe not going forward, mm-hmm. but I think he's a flex option, a safe flex op- option you can have all all year. And he might slump a little bit here and there, but his upside in the flex is huge. Huge. So I love him. It was an interesting Washington game. Adrian Peterson's proven us just so wrong. <laughs> wow. I thought there was going to be a competition for that backfield when he got in. Nope. Just straight up got literally every carry that I thought was going to be split a little bit with Perrine and Kelly, yeah. even with him being starter. I was just dead wrong. Killed it. All right, my friend. I've been looking forward to moving this to this topic because as much as I like to say how wrong I was with Chris Hogan, I'm going to say how right I've been with tight ends. If you've listened to me and followed my philosophy, you, you, you're all right. Because I said in the preseason, you're taking Gronk early or you're taking nobody until the later rounds. And I mentioned specifically Reed Cook. Eifert didn't come through that first game. He came through if you're playing against Kelsey, who was my sleeper creeper mm-hmm. um, last week. And I said, Kettle, um, this is my favorite position this season just because everything's looking right. I also said stay away from Olsen because, A, even if he plays, it's not looking good. B, that foot injury is going to come back to haunt him. Foot injury has already came back to haunt him. Um, I hate being right about that. I think Greg Olson's a great athlete and everything. Um, but right now, miraculously, we're getting the tight ends right. Yeah, um, right on the money. <laughs> I mean, to the T. Yeah. So, keeper this week, and I'm going to go ahead and just boldly go with what I said on the offseason and just hope it all stays right. Jordan Reed looked like fire. Um, in Indianapolis, eighth easiest uh, on the tight ends last season. Um, this game's going to be high scoring. Uh, look great already. Alex Smith loves the tight ends. Jordan Reed's healthy. How can you not? He looks great. But that's not my keeper. My keeper is the one and only Gronkowski. Because I'm going to echo kind of what you said. He's the only elite tier tight end that played anywhere near elite week one. The I, only thing is Jacksonville. Of yeah. course, and there's no way I'm ever benching Gronk. Yeah, and he's you're you're reiterating that he is the keeper tight end. He's the elite tight end. Yes, I agree with all that. But man, Jacksonville looks legit again they, to me. My goodness, their defense is so good. But to me, he's the only one that has any matchup ability whatsoever to get open against yeah, that not, defense. I can't disagree with you. It, like it, I, as long as Brady stays upright. Yes, and that, that is the key. You're right there. Like that, That's what it all hinges on. And I'm not even confident that's a realistic possibility for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brady should be rated as highly as he is in almost every format I've looked at. They have him almost top five in I every I probably one. wouldn't play him. I wouldn't I'd play him I'd be streaming me a quarterback if I own Brady. I'm way too scared myself. And maybe I'll be wrong that he is Tom Brady, the legend himself. But this Jacksonville defense is no joke. I think he's so limited for his upside this week. Mm-hmm. But Gronk is the one that I would trust. I think if Brady's going to throw the ball, it's going to be to him. Hogan did not look good week one. I think he'll be better, but not this week. Not this week. Not against Ramsey. Dorsett, as much as I liked him, there's no way he's getting mm-hmm. wide open for more than maybe one blown coverage. Maybe. And even then, it's going to be his only catch of the game. I would just avoid any of the New England receivers that aren't named Gronk. Nope. But So I like Gronk, but I'm going to move right into the sleepers. I'm going to do make it, a do smooth it. transition. One of your guys that you mentioned a couple weeks ago, Kittle. I couldn't be more happy with how he played against a very difficult Minnesota defense last week. Garoppolo didn't play great, uh, but also that was a difficult defense, to be fair, and he's in a newer system. But Kittle had five catches, 90 yards. That's Mm -hmm. fantastic for a tight end from a yardage Mm -hmm. standpoint. 
And touchdowns will roll in as well because there's not a lot of supporting cast there, especially if Marquise Goodwin doesn't play with his injury from last week. I'm in love with his upside this week. I think he's a very safe play, and he probably should be rated within the top three tight ends, in my opinion, based on the way he played last week. Um, and then also Jack Doyle. I'm going to give him an honorable mention for a sleeper as well. Really pleased with how he played, especially with Ebron being added to the offense. I thought he'd be more limited. But with 10 targets, uh, tight ends are going to be part of that offense. Mm -hmm. So I, I say roll Doyle out there with a lot of confidence as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. I follow you. What are your sleepers this week? My sleeper this week is just because, again, when I do sleeper, I do back end. Um, I just want to reiterate, I said I'm on the offseason. I say I'm now. Jared Cook was not a fluke. Um, and I know you're, you're saving grace. Hey, you may not be wrong on the Martavis Bryant sleeper since they re-signed him. <laughs> the dream isn't dead. <laughs> I mean, he's got talent galore, and he will if he gets back on the field and isn't suspended. He will cut into Cook and what Cook does, but this week he does not. The second worst pass defense um, in the in the league against tight ends last year, Denver Broncos. Jared Cook is one of those few guys that's now lining up in the slot, and I like my tight ends that can line up in the slot and go out and get it. Twelve targets and destroyed with them week Man, one. He was good. Man, he was good. And there's not a lot of other options there, especially <laughs> that Carr seems to like right now. Fire up Jared Cook. He's definitely good to go this next week, um, in my opinion. I can't argue. But I'm going to move on to my creeper. Do it. I'm waiting on and, it. And I thought real hard because I was looking I at all the creeper issues with Ertz and Kelsey not playing very well last week. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, is Ertz limited by Foles? And is he going to be good? And, I mean, Evan Ingram play, or played really badly as well for the Giants. And, like, who, who am I going to go with? There's so many disappointments from last week. But to me, the clearest letdown was Jimmy Graham for Green Bay. We agreed. It was, uh, well, uh, well, if I got it right, four targets the whole game. And it was for under 10 yards for, with his two catches. In a game where they were coming back the whole time. And Aaron Rodgers is airing it out the whole second half. He barely got looked at. Like, that is not a good sign when I thought Randall Cobb, who I thought was lacking athleticism after the last few years with all of his injuries and slowing down, Getting targeted a ton. Geronimo Allison getting targeted downfield. Devontae Adams being targeted all over the field. Jimmy Graham silent. I think he's just lost in the mix of all those receivers that Rodgers is throwing to. And I think he's still a touchdown-dependent tight end. But I think I'm looking at him almost as like a tight end 16. Like, I see a lot of these younger guys that I believe in more than him. Cook's on a whole new level compared to what I'm seeing from Jimmy Graham. He has the same size and athleticism except... Jimmy Graham seems to have lost all that athleticism. Told you. Him and, you know, and I say older, NFL-wise, him and Olsen, these older guys, definitely did not like in the fourth and fifth round where they are going. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to stick with it, Jimmy Graham. What you're not mentioning is Minnesota, toughest on tight ends last year. Ooh. Minnesota, this game, and you may not have Rodgers. I don't like Devontae. I don't, don't like Jimmy Graham. I don't like that situation for Green Bay. Uh, especially if Rodgers doesn't play. it's. I think Minnesota is a very solid team right now. When Rodgers is healthy, maybe we got ourselves a game. But even if he plays and he's limited, I'm not playing Jimmy Graham this week. Yes. And if I, I haven't mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it now. I kind of missed it in the running back section. Jamal Williams is being rated so high in fantasy leagues, and I have no idea why. I like Montgomery better than I even like Jamal Williams this week because I think the dump-offs have a better chance of having some touches and yards than what Jamal is going to get on the ground. This week I do, but I still like Jamal Williams, believe it or not. 
And just because he does all the tangibles all right, he got phased out of the game plan week one. Situationally, yeah. Um, and, and he had nowhere to go. That defensive line in Chicago is no joke. Minnesota is no joke. I don't expect Jamal Williams to do anything this week just because that's two horrible matchups that not many running backs could do anything against. I completely agree. Like Chris Carson this week, if you're thinking about firing him up against Chicago, I'm not. Uh, not at all. <laughs> not even sort of interested. You know, that's, a, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you can bash Jamal. Um, it's going to be interesting. Of course, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones is going to cut into it. Mm-hmm. Do I blame Jamal? No, not based on game one. He did what he yeah. does best, and that's do what he can. Like, he's not the high ceiling dude. But he's going to get the pass blocks. He did great pass blocking. Saved Aaron Rodgers' butt a couple times on what I watched. He's gimping around in the whole second half. He can't even move. I I think you're going to see Jamal Williams all season long there. In this game, yeah, maybe Ty Montgomery because they're going to have to be dopping the ball off and dinking dunks, especially if Kaiser's playing. Especially then, yeah. Love it. I love the tight end talk this year, mainly because it's went so well. Before we move on, we're going to do some studs, duds, um, milk duds, and – Honorable mention defense this week. We liked it last week. What do you got? Do you got one? I still am going to stick with it all year. Anyone playing Buffalo is my number one favorite defense. <laughs> yeah. Number one. I don't care if it's it, the worst defense the week before. They're officially my number one. We're literally the worst football team I've seen in years. My goodness. And then they're going with another uh, – the rookie quarterback. That Please they don't. They weren't ready. I hate – it's killing me. You, the worst thing you can do right now is Buffalo is go kill Josh Allen. Yes, it is. You put all those draft picks in. You trade it up for him. You got rid of all supporting talent. He'll be dead by the end of the season. It, yes. His, he'll be shot. Peterman threw for 27 yards before they, yeah. they took him out of the game. It was, it was over halfway through the game. What, there's no way that Allen plays a, a better enough Who cares to give him a shot to win. So what you why doing? ruin him? Why? Just let Peterman just go out there and just – what If you're Buffalo, this is a sidetrack. Sorry, guys, listen in. But Buffalo um, – if, you, if you're running that organization this year, you're telling the coach, like, look, Shady McCoy's about done. Chris Ivory's about done. But they're two proven backs right now. I want them touching the ball two times every set of downs. I yes. run them into the ground this year because they're not a part of our future. Yes. Just run, 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 and then play action fake with Peterman on third downs. And it's probably going to be seven or more. You're not going to win a game. I'm not telling you this is going to – I'm not giving you a strategy to win the game. I'm giving you a strategy to not get blown out hardcore. <laughs> Yes. And lose mildly because then, you are not playing to win any games this season. Absolutely not. And also, you didn't play – why did you trade McCarron? Because at least McCarron – why I like Sam Darnold and what the Jets did is you brought him into a beautiful situation where McCown can be a great shepherd to him. He's a solid veteran. You got what? You got Peterman and Allen, and nobody knows what's going on. You don't have anybody to groom him into the league. At least with McCarron, yeah, he's not going to do well. You're not going to win a game with him, maybe. You got the worst. Kelvin Benjamin is, like I said earlier, Joe Flacco trying to run routes. And at least McCarron can say, hey, this is what I've learned in the league. I'm proven vet. I sat behind a quarterback that at least knew how to play the position. Right. Peterman is what? Maybe the least qualified mentor that I've ever seen. I've never seen a person look more out of his, out of his depths in a game. You have done it all wrong in Buffalo, and you're going to do it so you're the icing on the cake. Shoot your franchise on the foot for a decade, kind of thing. If you kill Allen now, you do not play him, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. If you run, why'd you even run Josh Allen out there in week one? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what you're doing? Oh, uh, it hurt my heart. All right. 
Side note. Um, take a quick break. We're going to be back with you uh, starting our next segment, Studs and Duds. Peace out. Well, peace out for a few seconds. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> We're back. You never left. Here we go. Studs, milk duds, great buds. Um, we got it all. <laughs> yeah, listen to some great buds here. So your studs. So what we're going to do with studs and duds is it's a waiver wire breakdown based on the most popular ads from the previous week. People waiver to be a very good fantasy manager, you have to handle the waiver wire claims well. You have to know your position, work with it, and really get the ones that count. So we're going to. Did you make the ones that count? Can you still get the ones that can count, or did you make a mistake? And how can you learn from it? So boom, bing, studs, duds. I got a wide receiver running back and tight end of each. What do you got there, John? Well, uh, I couldn't come up with a lot of people to look at necessarily by position, but I did keep my eye on a couple of running backs. Um, Mm -hmm. Primarily Lindsey, who I uh, mentioned earlier, Philip Lindsey from uh, Denver. And so with his 15 carries and 71 yards and two catches for 31, it shows that he's involved in the offense and it looks like he's overtaken Booker for the um, backup running back job in Denver. So for me, I'm looking at him as a pretty good stud moving forward. It's a guy that I'm more adding and not looking to play immediately, but I think there's a lot of potential there, and he's the one I'm looking at most at running back. Okay. Okay. Do you have any... Awesome running backs that you're looking for this week. I'm not going to interrupt you. I want to hear more of your studs. All right. So I guess my stud for, let's say, wide receivers this week is going to be Kenny Galladay. And so with seven catches for out of 12 targets, so I'm loving that 12 target number. I understand Phil or Stafford had a really bad game, and they were behind a lot, and they were throwing pretty much the whole game to try to come back. But 12 targets for the third wide out looks really good. The best part is they weren't throwing up as much to the running backs as what I thought. I thought Theo Riddick would be involved more in that pass game, but he wasn't. And then I didn't see any tight end step up since Ebron so in his departure. So I like Galladay a lot as well. And if I'm looking at a tight end, if I'm going that route for a um, stud to look up, I'm definitely looking at uh, Kittle and Cook. Um, on that and it's a little bit debatable which one if I had to choose I would go Kittle but I think both of them are going to be tight end ones for a little while I know Cook has had the reputation from my memory of having huge early game weeks where he'll have three touchdowns and a hundred and something yards or be involved in the offense and looking great and fading off I'm more optimistic this year with the lack of weapons on the offense for Oakland um, so I, I, I'm, I'm liking him as well Swizzle. Not going to disagree with you. I like your stud takes there. Um, my studs are different. Coming out, looking at these ads, um, running back was a hard for me to come by. Running back is hard for me to come by, I think, mainly because I own him in every league. And he didn't do anything flashy week one, but Jordan Wilkins looked like the guy. And, and I think he looked like the guy going forward. He got phased out a little bit because they started having to chuck the ball up a little bit more. It became more of a shootout-esque game. But he was still there as easily the best pass blocker, which I've already said Marlon Mack cannot do. It just does not function in his brain. He can't do it. Naheem Hines will get ran over if he tries to do it. <laughs> um, 
Poor little guy. Yeah. And I, I saw on Jordan Wilkins only owned in 33% of Yahoo leagues. Don't let him be unowned in your league. Just don't do it because he's got the chance to run away with this position. The only time I'm worried about him is after week four when we see Turpin come back. Uh, maybe Turpin takes over that role if Wilkins hasn't been overwhelmingly successful and at least cuts into it. But I think Jordan Wilkins can run away with this because they drafted him as a rookie. They want him. Naheem Hines looked good in what he does, in which he does is a third down back, pass catching back, flashy back, quick. But I like Jordan Wilkins uh, season long. Wide receiver, I think he's the number one ad overall in all formats. Quincy Inunua, I'm all about it. Um, killed the targets. Just absolutely destroyed the targets there. And a lot of people forget, before he had that big neck injury, how good he looked. Like, he was top 50 back in that draft before he got his neck hurt because how good he looked when Brandon Marshall fought off. Um, he is a physical, gets the ball. Oh, my gosh, I just had a brain fart. The Arizona run, wide receiver that was so good. We're talking Michael Floyd, no, Jerry Brown, no. Brown, JJ Nelson, even older. Oh, older. Uh, Went to the Forty ers for a hot second. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden. Mm. That's kind of what I feel like with him. Um, he's definitely that big and physical. Yes. Like same build, same he's, mentality. He's, fire him up, and Darnold looks like he loves him. And I'm going to talk about more more of that um, in the fantasy foresights, but. If Quincy Nunez wasn't owned, own him. I only had one opportunity. I wasn't going to waste a waiver wire on him because I'm very stubborn with losing my waiver position in fantasy leagues. But um, was I could have dropped Ryan Grant for him. I uh, wish I kind of did now at this point in time. They both look – I mean, I was – I feel good about Ryan Grant because Andrew Luck targeted him very well. Um and that was a tough matchup, I think, against the Bengals secondary. It's underrated. I would agree. Um, so, yeah, I like Ryan Grant, too. But Quincy Inunua, he uh, he's just fine. And the reason I don't have a Kittle um, is because of how I looked at him on the offseason. To me, he was already about tight end five to me. And that's telling you that Jordan Reed's – Yes. <laughs> but it's not. If you look at when Grappolo got in San Francisco – his red zone targets are insane. He's always been Jeremy Garoppolo's favorite target, especially when it counts. If you look at what he did in the red zone at the end of last season. It's true. I'm just so surprised to hear over people like Evan Ingram and stuff that you're like, Kittle. Yeah. That's why sure. I said on the offseason. You did. It's not like I'm, you know, just nope, getting on a bandwagon. You 100% said I've it. been here because my offseason take on Evan Ingram is he can't block and he can't catch. He's not efficient. Remember? I yep. said all this, Jess. Yeah, definitely did. I loved Kittle, and to me, I don't understand why he's being added now. So that's the only reason why I have Cook as my stud, because I understand why Cook wasn't. He's in the back half. Um, and like I said in the offseason, I love Cook. Um, he looks more like a physical receiver that can get in the slot, and I love people like that. He's His targets aren't going to drop off. Um, well, I'll talk about somebody to tie in at my duds that – May. Um, but that's my studs, and I'm sticking by them. Though, if you pick them up on the waiver wire this week, congratulations. If any of them aren't owned in your leagues, look at a way to get them. Um, unless you have somebody like Jordan Reed in all your leagues, and you're waiting on him to – he's a glass good. he's a glass cannon, baby. <laughs> but as long as the glass stays con, you know, constructed, you got a sweet tight end if you listen to me and you waited on Reed. What you got for duds? Some duds. Some duds? Tell me um, about your duds, buds. I think the biggest dud that I've got is the guy I'm sticking with my gut, which is 
Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson is on a lot of waiver wires. I know I was very, very uninterested in him in the preseason um, based on his age and the system he was in and then Winston not being there. I just didn't see Fitzpatrick being able to get him the ball. I was clearly wrong week one. I wouldn't overcompensate and then jump on him and, and waste a roster spot of a player that you drafted and had trust in before this. I would want to wait and see that at least he's getting double-digit targets going forward before I'm ever going to buy, in, and that'll take me to week three. If he's getting double-digit targets by week three, then I'm going to probably admit I was full wrong on this, and you should go ahead and draft and pick him up. But his hit-or-miss attitude anyway makes him a very difficult play for me in fantasy formats. You can only play him as a flex option, even if he exceeds every one of my wildest dreams, just because there's going to be games where he's going to have 30 yards and some games where he's going to have 110 and touchdown. And I think that's what this is. And I think he hit the home run week one. I think it might be seven weeks before he hits another home run. So I would just stay real skeptical on him. I'm going to – we took turns last time, just did our whole thing. But I have to chime in. I agree. I'm not owning Deshaun Jackson in any league. I'm very happy that he had one more game that we could remember, hey, that's the Deshaun Jackson of old. Somehow that was reincarnate with Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) But I am not even picking him up. I'm just glad that that was such a fun game. But please don't. And and if you are going to tell me don't pick up Deshaun Jackson, then I'm going to reiterate to you, don't pick up the guy that's had a little bit more success over the past couple seasons, which is in that same game, Ted Ginn. To me, mm-hmm. he's already got a knee injury. He's this pretty much the same dude. Um, he's had more success, but he's not really a play you want to do. Um, I just don't like it. I think Cameron Meredith gets healthy, and he becomes the number two that you want in New Orleans. But, yeah, Ted Ginn, home run dude, getting older. I think both of them had a little bit of a flash there. That's I, what I got. I agree. I think the older deep threat receivers – those two keep surprising me. I mean, they've been bouncing around the league for so long, but I just don't find that they're a very good, reliable option. So I, I would also stay away from them. Yeah. I think my next dud is going to be, interestingly, I'm going to go with a quarterback just because I, I'm going to stay it. on the board, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even as him as a dud, I did mention him earlier and talking about him maybe even being better than Aaron Rodgers based on the injury and the matchup and all of that. But I just think Ryan Fitzpatrick, 42.3 points is going to get a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon right away. To be honest, I don't even think he's in the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks by week five. Like, even if he still maintains the job when Winston comes back and everything. It's just, even though 42 points is a huge head start with him being in the top 10. Is he being at it? I hope not. I mean... I, I know he will be by people. And yeah. So I'm just going to try to tell you, okay. please go with someone else. I, yeah. I would rather see Garoppolo added, even though he had a horrid game week one. I, I just think it's a better option. And I know a couple experts have him project, or at least ESPN at least has him above 17 points as his projection this week. Fitzpatrick? Yes. And I just don't think that's a reasonable expectation for him going forward. I think he's much more of along the lines of a, of a 14 sort of to 12 to 10 sort of point projection with the supporting cast he has. Does ESPN having him pass to himself and getting a PPR for that? <laughs> Maybe. It's hard to say. Oh, man. Please don't. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. If that's a legitimate people maybe adding him, please don't. I agree with you. I think it's fluke. It's kind of how he put it. An amazing career game. You should remember it. You should be proud of that. That was impressive. Yeah, great fun game. Fun to watch. But good, good job. Who? Oh my! I think that's about the end of that reign. 
Okay, okay. You got one dud left. What's what's what you going? Or you got more duds. You got as many duds as you want. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess I could have more. I, I was three. only planning on three. Okay, I got three too. But I think I was looking a little bit at... <laughs> it's not. It's hard to call it even a waiver a dud sort of person, but I'm going to give it a... It's time to cut ship. And that's with the poor man himself, Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. I'm going to say... I was one of the poor souls that has him on one of my teams, and I think I've never been more happy to remove him from my fantasy team. you got to go out and get anyone else. I don't care if you take the worst dud that I think. I don't care if you take anyone else. I think he is the worst bet for keeping any sort of consistent point totals this year, and I thought volume would be able to help buoy his value a little bit. I'm unsure if they're going to be able to complete a pass in Buffalo for the rest (laughs) of the season. So I would cut Kelvin Benjamin and maybe even go after someone like a New England running back. James White seems like a really good option, especially with the Burkhead concussion. Uh, if you want to keep at a receiver, I mean, Ryan Grant, like you mentioned earlier, would be better. I like Brandon Marshall better. I mean, with his age, it's a little concerning, but he is taking over the job. I mean, Westbrook and Jacksonville is way more upside. All these people are way better to own. Rashard Matthew, you can just go down the line and pretty much tick off the next 20 people in the rankings yeah. for projections, and I think all of them are better bets than Kelvin Benjamin going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Our duds are hitting the same spot. Um, I've already mentioned mine, Ted Ginn, at wide receiver. At running back, this is – week one always kills me. And you you often see me when you're playing in a league with me. I don't put in a request on week one because everybody wants the, oh, my gosh, the big injury. And and, (laughs) and this guy's going to come in and he's going to automatically be an RB1 or or wide receiver one. And it's usually RB1 because, like, last year David Johnson was hurt. And, oh, my gosh, i got to get his backup. I don't know what. People are acting like Fournette got hit by a car. <laughs> True. It, now, if he hurt his ankle or something, and, and I have Fournette in one league, I'm, and you may say, well, you're biased a little bit. I'm not. Dude looked like he tweaked his hamstring a small bit, kind of gimpled off the field under his own weight, um, had a massage on the sideline. I think they realized, hey, we're playing against the Giants. They garbage. And <laughs> everybody just, oh, my gosh, got to get TJ Yeldon. And maybe you do at some point in this season. I'm not saying Fournette's the healthiest guy, but TJ Yeldon is the same backup that any team has as a backup. And I don't understand everybody wasting their waiver on TJ Yeldon right now. I do think he's the guy to own if Fournette goes down, but Fournette's not going down. He didn't practice today. I get it. He doesn't need to practice today. Uh, to me, he's already like a vet. He already feels like a vet to me. And uh, I know he's only got one year, but... He's fine. Fournette's going to be fine. He, I think he plays this week and starts this week and dominates the carries and touches this week. And everybody's got TJ Yeldon's like, well, I guess this backup like is the same as Austin Eakler, I, I guess. Um, same thing. You're just taking a handcuff. So congratulations. You've waiver-wired a handcuff <laughs> to somebody that's probably not going to start this week. Good for you. Um, tight end, Austin Hooper of last year, Will Disley of this year. Will Disley, yeah. yeah. Five targets and he busted out 105 <laughs> yards. Had a big game. Never evaluated, scouted as a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, good for you, you rookie you, for doing your thing in Seattle in a weird spot. Not going to happen again. I'd rather go Evan Ingram as uh, the backup tight end in Indy over him 100%. Eric Ebron, you mean? Oh, Eric Ebron, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, Ebron. yeah, if you have Evan Ingram, please yeah. don't start with Will Disley. <laughs> I'm not True. that low on Evan Ingram. Yes, the backup tight end for Indy is not Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> as interesting as that would be. That would be nice. That would be a pretty good passing game. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah, it's a good. But please, if you're in that bad of a spot, Eric Ebron isn't that bad of a spot. I see the potential in that play, but Will Disley, no. That's like Austin Hooper of last year. But it's like, ooh, Austin Hooper, I'm going to take you, and then did nothing the rest of the season. Yeah, literally. Nothing. He's my Austin Hooper this year. Um, but good for him. He's a rookie, and I'm sure that felt good in your first game. Yeah. To do that, Jazz. So. Studs and duds, and you'll get more of that as we go along week to week. Make sure you got those studs. Make sure you dump those duds. All right. Let's just roll into it, John. Um, segment's looking good. Yeah. Our fantasy foresight. We cut them down this week to make sure we keep it on a you know hour to hour, 15 minute for you guys um, that are listening to us. We just want good content. We got four fantasy foresights for you. John, go into the mystical beyond and tell us. <laughs> Our first fantasy foresight. Looking deep into my crystal ball, I will ask for the answers and they will come. Philip Lindsay, over or under 10 carries. What do you got? We got 10 carries, we got 10 touches. Oh, 10 touches. Mm. Let's go touches. Touches is a fair thing to say. Okay, touches. I still have, I had him under either way. I do agree that he is the handcuff, the number two back to own um, in Denver. However, 15 um, carries. Did he add, Do you know how many receptions he had? I believe it was three targets, two catches. Three targets, two catches. So 17 total touches last week. That's too much for me. And I know we're asking over and over to ton, 10. But Royce Freeman looked great. They want him to be the guy there. I do know that... Uh, the coach there has the tendency to ride the hot hand, and I think Phillip just looked good. Um, and, I, and I do think Booker does cut into what Lindsey does. It, I know that I said he's now the number three, but don't play Philip Lindsey thinking he's a good play this week. I also have him as less. Okay. I, I think he's a, a stockpile. Hold on your bench and see if he works out. I think I was surprised to see Booker less involved and him more involved. I think it could be much more even with Booker and him going forward. Um, I do like Royce Freeman as the lead back. He's number one on the depth chart. He's a rookie. For him to get there, he had to earn that spot. I I think Freeman's the guy to trust. And I think Lindsey will be less involved with 10 touches going forward. Um, But I think he'll probably be more than what I think. I think it'll be more like seven. It's just it won't be over 10. Cool. Cool. We agree yet again. Yes. But, hey, it's early in the season. We're going to be agreeing on some good things. Uh, this is just hot topics. So go into the second uh, Pensieve portal there. Number two. Will Brandon Marshall have the most fantasy points week two? In Seattle, In right? Seattle, yes. What do you got? I'm going to go yes. Okay. Even with all the age and the journeyman attitude and him bouncing around and Seattle's terrible offensive line, Russell Wilson's got to throw to win. And I think the underneath guy is going to be more available to be open than the -the over-the-top guy, Tyler Lockett. So I see Brandon Marshall having the most fantasy points because I don't think Lockett catches the deep ball this week. I think it'll be Brandon Marshall underneath volume-based around probably 50 yards or so as if I was going to take a random stab at it for how he's going to do this week. Okay. I actually like Lockett. Um, it's not a hard argument against you. I have no really valid points. Uh, I, Brandon Marshall does have the advancing age, yes, and he, but he looked good. He looked crisp, honestly. 
Um, but I think Lockett steps up, steps up. He's fresh. He looks healthy. Um, also, I believe this is his contract year. And I think this is the first time he's not in Doug Baldwin's shadow. And I, I've always thought that the highlights and the games I've watched with uh, Wilson and Lockett in it, there's always been like a special connection to him. Uh, there have not been many targets, but when they do hook up, like big games. And I think Lockett finally has the chance to flash his ability. Um, and and I think we see it week two. I, I like him as a decent play. If you had to pick one off the waiver wire, you pick and lock it then? Yes, going forward definitely. Long? Yeah, season long uh, with his age, and I just think he's going to handle the season better. Maybe, but I don't like dislike Brandon Marshall. He could easily prove me wrong. Um, but, yes, I like Tyler Lockett more than him because I was actually kind of high on Tyler Lockett going into the season. I had him up on my personal list pretty decent just okay. because I knew Baldwin had those pre-existing injuries, and I knew Lockett was playing, I think, for a new contract was one of the reasons. That's fair. The third question. If you had only one claim to make, do you want Kittle or Cook this week? Right, right. So we actually got this one from a listener, Josh, out there. Um, said Kittle v. Cook. So we don't really know season long or week long. Um, you answered the first, last one first, right? Mm-hmm. Before I just started jabber on. Um, <laughs> to me... This is Cook this week. Cook this week against that cakey Denver tight end defense um, and a team that's trying to figure it out. So they're going to go with what did work, and Cook did work in the first week. Uh, Kittle this season. I like him season long. All right. All right. I'm going Kittle this week and Kittle going forward. Okay. I think I'm all in on the fact that San Francisco is going to have to pass to be successful. And I think – Kittle's is going to be the number one receiver, especially with Goodwin hurt right now. I do like Goodwin going forward as the number one receiver in San Francisco, to be clear. But with him being injured, I think Kittle's a go-to this week. Um, I don't know if Goodwin will play or not this week. But either way, with an injury nagging, I'm, I'm a Kittle lover. And so Cook, I also believe with his spotty track record of high production and low production, I'm a, I want to see just a bit more. If his targets stay anywhere near close... If his targets stay above seven, I'm going to be more interested in Cook. But for now, I like Kittle. Okay. Fair. But to make your point a little bit stronger in what you said about Kittle, I actually like Kittle as the best receiver in total in San Francisco. Over Goodwin, over Garcon. I like, I like the Kittle. The Kittle corn. Cooking the Kittle corn. Ah. Out in that hot weather. Mm. Cook the Kittle corn. All right, our last fantasy foresight. The final one. Who leads the Jets in targets this week? What do you got? I think you, you pretty much made the point too well earlier. Quincy Inunua, I, I don't know how he doesn't lead the team in targets. With the way he was being pummeled the football constantly underneath all last week, there's a lot of receivers out there for the Jets that could be easily involved. Mm-hmm. Personally, I like Robbie Anderson probably the most as an actual talent for this season, but... Quincy Inunua, with those target numbers, I got to go with he's going to be targeted the most. Cool. Going forward. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, you you knew what I was going to say based on what I said previously yeah. with, on my stud column. Um, yeah, Quincy Inunua is better than Kelvin Gen- Benjamin this season. Quincy Inunua had 10 targets, but let me emphasize how good that was. Sam Darnold only threw the ball 21 times. That's half of the targets pretty much going to Quincy and Noonwa. Okay? But also take in mind, 
that I'm not bashing Robbie Anderson because he only threw the ball 21 times. There's no need to throw it to deep threat around Robbie Anderson. I still like Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I like the Jets this year. Not as in like I like them to go far, but I like watching them because they've really done a good job this offseason. they got a lot of good talent around Sam Darnold, and they got a great veteran quarterback to groom a young quarterback. We just talked about how bad the Bills were doing it. I like to give honor to the Jets because they have finally turned it around since the butt fumble. And, I mean, to be honest, they're in a very similar situation. They both wanted to draft quarterbacks very high in the draft. They're both had middling to pretty rough rosters going into the season, and they both had secondaries being their strongest thing on both of their teams. So they pretty much have the same core. It's just Buffalo got rid of everything in all these trades, like getting rid of McCarron, who could have been a a better mentor than what Peterman would be for Cook. I'll say say that heading into the offseason, they were the same thing pretty much. I would agree. But the Jets did way better in the offseason. Fully agree. Getting a hold of Crowell was a nice bargain running back. High upside, low risk. A guy that you can actually give the rock to a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying LaShawn McCoy you can't, but I think he's going to wear down in a way that Crowell's going to get stronger just based on the power running style versus the more finesse running style. Yeah. And, I mean, they have Ivory in Buffalo, that's true, but I think Powell is, like, pretty much better than Ivory anyway. I would take Crowell and Powell if I was – you know, drafting for a real legitimate NFL team. I'm taking, right now, their age and everything included, I'm taking Crowell and Powell, one and two, over Shady and whatever, Chris Ivory, sure. If money is involved with their actual contracts and what the reasonable going rate is going to be, oh, 100%, I agree with you. I mean, I think you're going to get equivalent production with half the price, quarter of the price with those running backs. And then I think they're better for a young quarterback to have a power running game that you can just hand the ball off to a lot and then control the clock that way and then play off a play action, which is a little easier to make your reads off of. Yeah. Bad time to be a Bills fan. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, we can be more so to sum up our foresights going forward. It looks like point-wise we both agree with one. Shame on us. (laughs) Um, You got Marshall. I got Lockett. We'll go ahead, say it, go ahead and say you got Kittle and I got Cook. We'll say we, on the week basis. Sure, let's do that. This one separated a little bit. And Jets-wise, you can't logically disagree and play devil's advocate against Quincy and Nunwa, getting 50% of the targets to say he's going to drop down. Especially when there's so many receivers that I think are going to be at least Unless he gets hurt. Involved. We can't consider that. He could. His injuries. Are... And that, that's a hard point to really consider because right. anyone get hurt at any right. point. But with Anderson, Pryor, Anunua, and Curse all there in with the Jets, all those people have experience. So mm-hmm. it was, if Anunua was getting 50% of the targets in the first game, I can't see him dropping below 40, and I can only see a few more going to other people. I don't think one other receiver is just going to get 10 targets and the other people are going to get three. Like Anunua looks like he was getting fed because he was open underneath. Most of the other guys are more vertical passing game. Mm-hmm. So... I, I like a new one. Yeah. And you don't got to go vertical and Sam uh, Matthew Stafford is throwing uh, 14 picks in a game. <laughs> record pace. <laughs> record pace. Record recording for you guys. Um, hope you like the material. I hope you're benefiting from listening and having a good time listening to us. Uh, again, on Tuesdays, we love to hear what you want us to talk about in our Fantasy Foresight column. Um, this is where I turn it over to John to sign us off. Uh, give us a little headline action. Uh, pretty much we still have Le'Veon Bell looking uh, like he's not reporting to camp, so definitely count on him not playing this week. 
We have Wentz still not clear to play yet, so Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback for uh, Philly as well. Marlon Mack is back in practice, so that may muddy the waters a little bit with some of the Colts running backs, but I think Jordan Wilkins and uh, Neheim Hines are both the front runners there. Greg Olson looks like he's going to be out a few weeks with uh, a foot injury. Call it. Yep, called it sure did. I'm not really looking at picking up his backup for anything. No. I think they're just going to be more running involved, so I wouldn't worry about too much with that. Okay. Uh, Delaney Walker also went on IR, so sorry for all of you Delaney Walker owners. That's a rough break. Um, and that's uh, pretty much most of the highlights. We got a couple nagging injuries as well for um, a couple of other people like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, but I think they're more like game-time decisions. David Johnson. David Johnson. Keep an eye on that one. Agreed. So we have a few other nagging injuries, but they may play for a lot of these. And same with Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see how a lot of those go. But the for sures look like I think Marlon Mack will probably play this week. I think so. And then uh, Wentz will not. Greg Olson will not. Delaney Walker will not. Boom. Say your goodbyes. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, hopefully we're getting better. Hopefully you guys are doing better listening to us. So I'm ready to see some more wins coming in for you and or all of us in fantasy, good luck out there. Stay classy.